بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد uh, Today we have gathered to discuss uh, a very important topic pertaining to the Muslim child and likewise guidance for the parents as always and this is pertaining to guidance from our religion and the guidance and commentary and explanations and advice likewise from the scholars of al-islam and the main core of our discussion here will revolve around the kalam of ibn qayyim ta'ala likewise we're going to mention certain tafasir of Sheikh Abdul Rahman al-Si'di and towards the end will be a very interesting point mentioned by Sheikh Salim Muthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala now indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed love in the hearts and of mankind for having children Allah Azzajal has placed that love in the hearts and of the women in the hearts, likewise of the men, that they have children, and basically likewise to continue their lineage. Children, and in whom they will find love and happiness, ta'ala. So a parent's responsibility begins when they are actually seeking marriage. A parent's responsibility and regarding their children begins when they are in the process of seeking marriage which means that they seek that they seek a righteous husband and wife so that they can live so that they can live in happiness and tranquility with them and that they will be good examples and nurture their children upon that which Allah Azzawajal is pleased with so it is upon the woman that when she is in the process of seeking marriage that she looks for a righteous husband because he is going to be the one who would be the example for her children. Likewise, he is going to play a major role in their nurturing. So therefore, it is very important that you choose a righteous husband. And likewise for the men. When they are in the process of seeking marriage, they seek and look for a righteous wife. Because she's going to be the main person who is going to be spending a lot of time with them and nurturing them in the homes. So therefore, the responsibility of both starts before marriage. And their responsibility regarding their future children, bi ta'ala, and it begins before marriage when they are in the process of seeking and in marriage. Then a child's worldly existence begins in the womb of his or her mother. From that, there is the responsibility of ensuring that the fetus receives the nourishment that they need and they require, and that they are protected from nourishment that may be harmful to them. 
then there is the responsibility when they are young and growing up that they become or before and they become mature individuals this may be the most important stage of their lives as whatever they are nurtured upon during their childhood and upon that stage before they reach the age of maturity this has an impact which results of what they become as adults therefore the responsibility of the parents is much more emphasized at this stage to when the child is still in childhood before they reach a mature stage because the nurturing and the teaching that they receive will affect or will influence what they become as adults and their character and so on then as adults making their own way through life people depend upon that earlier nurturing that they have received from their parents they use that knowledge and that nurturing and that character that they built up whilst they were young to make or to help them to make the right decisions and choices they use the guidance to protect them from that which is harmful and likewise that nurturing when they are young they use it to prepare for their hair up for the hereafter and likewise for the nurturing of their own children later on therefore the nurturing and the teaching of a child leading up to the age of maturity or adulthood needs to be done in the correct manner and method to have the desired impact and to fulfill the objectives and to fulfill the objectives of that early teaching and nurturing and if your child will or may face difficulty and difficult challenges in their lives temptations calamity throughout their journey in this life especially the times that we are in and with all the widespread exposure to fitna of every form that aims to make evil in its numerous forms acceptable to the people and makes and beautifies those fitten to them as if these are actually the traits that the modern people should be upon the traits that the modern people should be upon and should have so the parents have a huge responsibility to give the correct and a strong nurturing so that the child when they reach the mature the mature age they may have strength to deal with those challenges that they will face throughout their lives but if they don't have that nurturing and they do not understand their religion have the correct knowledge then 
They are open to deal with their challenges according to their own desires. According to their own desires. So therefore they must be taught to deal with those challenges within the Islamic limits and within the Islamic limits and guidance. But how can the parents achieve a strong and firm and nurturing of their child? Of course the first step is for the parents to actually learn their religion and take the guidance from the religion and implement it in all of your affairs. The first step is seeking knowledge. Parents will be unable to give the correct nurturing and teaching to their child if they are ignorant of their religion. If they are ignorant of the guidance from the religion, how to guide your child. If they are ignorant of the obligatory affairs in their religion. So therefore, the parents must take the correct method and they must have that continuity in learning to fulfill any of the objectives of that learning which is to implement that knowledge into action and make it your lifestyle. Make the knowledge that you learn your lifestyle, meaning implement it in all of your affairs. Have that Islamic environment and that Islamic guidance in your homes. Now listen to the affair regarding that which makes a parent or a person the happiest, have the most contentment in their hearts. What would it be? Just think, what will make a parent the most happiest of the parents? What would it be? What will make a person the happiest of the people? And of course, regarding their children and their family. What would it be? Ibn al-Qayyim, rahmatullahu ta'ala, and he mentions, and he a narration. And he says, Qala Sa'id ibn Mansur, haddathana hazm. Qala, sami'tu al-hasan, wa sa'alahu kathir ibn Ziyad, an qawlihi ta'ala, rabbana hablana min azwajina, wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. The narration in which uh, Sayyid ibn Mansur, he said that I heard from Hasim who said that Al-Hasan, I heard from Al-Hasan that he said uh, that Kathir uh, ibn Ziyad, he asked Al-Hasan regarding the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. Which means, and in the meaning, our Lord bestow the gift upon us from our wives and our offspring, the comfort of our eyes. The comfort of our eyes. So our Lord bestow on us from our wives and our offspring, our children, the comfort of our eyes. So he's asking for the explanation of this verse. 
فَقَالَ يَا أَبَا سَعِيدٌ. The person said, Oh, Abu Sa'id, مَا هَذِهِ الْقُرَّةُ الْأَعْيُنَ أَفِي الدُّنْيَا أَمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ. Say, Oh, Abu Sa'id, what does it mean, this قُرَّةُ أَعْيُنَ? This comfort of our eyes, the comfort of the eyes. What does that mean? Is it to be found in the dunya? Or is, it, or is it to be found in the akhirah, in the hereafter? Is it something that a person is going to find or finds from their family within this world? Or is it in the hereafter? When we enter paradise, that we will see our family and we will have that comfort in our eyes. It will comfort our eyes. قَالَ لَا بَلْ وَاللَّهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا he said, no, indeed, it is to be found in the dunya, in the worldly life. Qala wa mahi. And he said, then what is it? Qala wallahi. Ayyuriya Allahu al-abd min zawjatihi, min akhihi, wa min hamimihi. Ta'at Allahi. La wallahi ma shay'un ahabba ila al-mar'i al-muslim. من أن يرى ولدا أو والدا أو حميما أو أخا مطيعا لله عز وجل. He said, by Allah, that Allah makes a person see from their wife or from their brother or from their close family members their obedience to Allah. No wallahi, no by Allah, there is nothing more beloved to a Muslim person than that they see from their child or from their parents or from their close friends and relatives or from a brother, the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. The obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. So therefore we understand here this comfort of our eyes that is mentioned in this verse is the comfort of our eyes that we can attain in the dunya. And what will comfort our eyes? What will bring that happiness, that comfort, that pleasure in your eyes, that joy is that a person sees either their child, their wives, their husbands, their father, their close friends, their brothers and sisters, he sees them in the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. That brings the most pleasure and the most joy to a person's heart. Therefore, if that is the comfort of our eyes that is mentioned in this verse, and if you want to achieve this comfort, and get this happiness is from the greatest of happiness that the parents and the people and they can attain in this dunya. So therefore, you must start with what? Ta'aleem, teaching and nurturing, and especially regarding our children. Nurturing our children. Nurturing our children upon that correct understanding upon religion. If we leave them to their own devices, how are we going to see them? in the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal.
if we leave them to the streets, how are we going to see the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from them? You're going to see that which is opposite to that. And you won't get comfort in the eyes. You won't get that pleasure. Instead, grief, difficulty in your heart. And you see your child is not in the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. Difficulty, heaviness in the hearts. So therefore, if we want to protect ourselves from this heaviness and this difficulty in our hearts, and we want to see our children upon goodness, obeying Allah Azza wa Jal, therefore, we must pay due care and attention to their Islamic nurturing from young. Now regarding the command and the responsibility I need to teach and nurture the child. And we know of the hadith in which it is mentioned that all of us are custodians. And in meaning we have the responsibility for taking care and protecting something. All of us are custodians. The hadith some translates as shepherds. We all are shepherds. As the Prophet said, كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ All of you are custodians, and meaning all of you have the responsibility to take care of something. Every single person in this dunya have the responsibility of taking care of something. وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ And all of you will be questioned, and you are responsible. And if from those who you are, who you take care of, you'll be questioned and taken into account regarding your responsibilities. And in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, الرَّجُلُ رَاعٍ أَلَىٰ أَهْلِ بَيْتِ وَهُوَ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْهُمْ The man is the custodian of his house. The inhabitants of his house. And he is responsible and he is he will be taken into account and he will be asked regarding them. And the wife of the man. She is a custodian of the members of her house, her children. And she will be questioned regarding them, as she is responsible for them. Likewise, we see in the verse that command, that responsibility for nurturing and, and teaching our children. Allah says, Or you believe. Protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire. Protect yourselves and your families and from, uh, from the hellfire. So how do you protect, brothers and sisters, your own self and your family from the hellfire? Ali, radiallahu anhu, he said, 
teach them teach them knowledge and discipline them knowledge where they have to learn and discipline regarding their mannerisms and their implementation of that knowledge al-Hasan in al-Hasan he said muruhum command them command them to implement the obedience of Allah and teach them that which is good and teach them that which is good Shaykh Abdul Rahman Ta'ala he mentions regarding this verse which we will understand how do we protect our own selves and our families and our children from the hellfire? And he said, Ya, man man Allah alayhim bil iman, qumu bilawazimih wa shurutih. He said, Oh, the one who Allah has bestowed iman upon, qumu bilawazimih, establish what the iman, what your iman necessitate. Meaning you believe in Allah, you have the iman in Allah. So therefore establish in your lives that which the iman necessitate, that which the iman requires you to do in your lives. So therefore protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire. The hellfire which has been described with these severe descriptions. anfus. And the protection of the self. How you protect yourselves? The protection of yourself from the hellfire is by being continuous upon the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. Continuously you are implementing the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. This is how you protect yourself from the hellfire. By establishing his commands or by implementing his commands, and by refraining from his prohibitions. And to repent from that which Allah Azza wa Jal is angered by. To protect or to make tawbah, to repent from that which makes Allah Azza wa Jal angry to his servants from everything which Allah Azza wa Jal has prohibited to therefore make tawbah from them and those things that necessitate that a person will be punished and the protection of the family and the children is by disciplining them and teaching them and compelling them to implement the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. فَلَا يَسْلَمَ الْعَبْدِ إِلَّا إِذَا قَامَ بِمَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ فِي نَفْسِهِ A person will not be safe until he implements the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal in his own self. 
وفيما يدخل تحت ولايته من الزوجات والأولاد وغيرهم ممن هو تحت ولايته وتصرفه and likewise by implementing the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal regarding his wife and his children and other than them and those who he takes care of those he, he is responsible and he off now there is accountability brothers and sisters before Allah Azza wa Jal there is accountability because there is a command from Allah Azza wa Jal wherever there is a command and that command is an obligation therefore there will be accountability on the day of judgment there will be accountability and there is the command regarding the parents and there's a command regarding the children Ibn Qayyim he says some of the people of knowledge have said in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يسأل الوالد عن ولده يوم القيامة قبل أن يسأل أن يسأل الولد عن والده. فإنديد الله عز وجل will ask the parent regarding their child on the day of judgment before their child is asked regarding them. So the parents will be asked first on the day of judgment before the child is asked regarding their parents. فَإِنَّهُ كَمَا أَنَلْ لِلْأَبْ عَلَىٰ إِبْنِهِ حَقَّةً فَلِلْإِبْنِ عَلَىٰ أَبِيهِ حَقَّةً He said, just as there are rights upon the child to fulfill regarding their parents, and likewise there is rights of the child and upon their parents, that their parents need to fulfill. So the children need to fulfill certain rights regarding their parents and the parents need to fulfill certain rights and regarding their child. As Allah Azzawajal says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا And we have enjoined upon mankind to be good to his parents. And we have enjoined upon mankind to be good to his parents. This is an obligation. Allah has placed an obligation upon the children to be good to their parents. So therefore, if there, if there is that obligation, therefore there will be accountability on the day of judgment. It says, likewise, now regarding the parents. Allah Azzawajal says, Save yourselves and your families from the hellfire. This is a command, an obligation, an obligation Address to the parents, protect yourselves and your family from the hellfire. So therefore, if there's that obligation there, so therefore there will be accountability in the day of judgment. The parents will be accountable and will be questioned only regarding that. Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, Addib ibnak, fa'innaka mas'oolun anhu. Discipline your child, for indeed, you will be questioned regarding him. ماذا أدبته وماذا علمته وهو مسؤول عن برك وطواعيتك وطواعيته لك. So a person will be asked, you will be questioned regarding your child. What will you be asked? He said, what did you discipline him upon? 
How did you discipline him? How did you discipline him? And upon what did you discipline him? What did you teach him? And he, under your child, he will be questioned regarding being good to you, fulfilling your rights. He will be questioned regarding the goodness that he's supposed to do to you and the obedience and their obedience towards you. So both the parents and the children will be questioned on the Day of Judgment. Both of them will be questioned and the parents will be questioned, did you discipline your child and how did you discipline him? Did you teach your child? What did you teach him? So it's very, very important, brothers and sisters, that we take this affair seriously. Because there is a wisdom behind it. There is a wisdom behind it. Now, every child is born ignorant. Every child, every person is born ignorant. A person is born upon the fitrah. And he knowing the rubiyah of Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, if that is nurtured correctly in the, with the correct methods, so therefore the child will grow up fulfilling the purpose of their lives. But if there, will be, if there was no teaching, no nurturing from the, uh, for, from the parents, then the child will not be able to independently figure out and come up with how to worship Allah the way Allah is pleased with. He will not be able to know what are good manners, how to worship Allah the way Allah is pleased with. The child is unable to come up with that by his, by his own self. So therefore, that's the role of the parents now, coming in to teach their child, discipline their child, and teach their child how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because by himself, that child will not be able to independently know how to worship Allah. He has the fitrah. He has the fitrah. But the kayf, how? He won't be able to know by himself. So therefore, it is upon the parents to give that nurturing and to give that teaching. Secondly, if a person reaches adulthood, what happens in adulthood is the person becomes set in their ways. Okay, becomes set in their ways, depending upon that nurturing. Nurturing or no nurturing. So they become set and they're in their ways. Their character, certain things are embedded and they're in them. If there is no good nurturing, what will that person, what will be that, the character of that person when he reaches adulthood? Those attributes that will be embedded in him or her. And it of course will be things that are undesirable. But if there's that good nurturing, that good discipline from a young age, so therefore what will be embedded in that child, what will set firmly, bismillah ta'ala, is that good discipline. That good discipline, those good attributes. So therefore again we see from the, and the wisdom here, and regarding the parents teaching their child, it is to affirm those good attributes and that good character in their child. Because when they grow up, when they reach adulthood, they will become more or less set 
and in their ways, except those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy upon. Ibn al-Qayyim, he mentions, فَمَنْ أَحْمَلَ تَعْلِيمُ وَلَدِهِ مَا يَنْفَعُهُ وَتَرْكُهُ سُدَى فَقَدْ أَسَاءِ لَيْهِ غَايَةَ الْإِسَاءَةِ So whosoever abandons and is negligent of the teaching of their child, that which benefits them, and he leaves them in vain, then they have wronged them. They have wronged them with, and at the highest degree, they have wronged them with a very, very, and a great wrong. Ghayatul Isa'a. And he says, most of the children, they become corrupted. They become corrupted. Either they become irreligious or immoral or sinful. Min qibali al-aba wa ihmalihim lahum. They become corrupted because of their parents and their neglect of them. Abdul Qayyim mentioned. So most of the, the children, they become corrupt because of the neglect of their parents in teaching them and disciplining them. And they ignore their teaching. They ignore teaching them the obligations of the religion and its sunan. So they neglected them whilst their children were young. They neglected them. So the child is unable to take benefit from their own selves correctly. They are unable to reach their best because the parents have neglected them. Whilst they were young, so they are unable to capitalize and utilize their childhood and need to take benefit from themselves and to reach their best. And likewise, in adulthood, they do not benefit their, their parents. They do not, they are unable to benefit their parents. As some of the parents, they, they blame their children and regarding their disobedience to them. They blame their children. All disobedience that occurs, they blame the child. It's the child's fault. It's the child's fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. They're not pointing the finger to their own selves. But they always point to their child. فَقَالَ So if it was said, يَا أَبَتِي إِنَّكَ أَقَقْتَنِي صَغِيرًا Oh my father, you do not carry out your duties towards me. Whilst I was young, so therefore, I will not, I have not carried out my duty towards you whilst I am old, whilst I'm an adult. And you neglected me whilst I was a child, so I neglect you whilst you are an old man. This is the reality. You neglect your child. You did not fulfill your obligation towards them while they were young. And when you are old, they're not going to fulfill their obligation towards you. You have not nurtured them upon that. You've not fulfilled their rights. You've left them to the streets. You've left them to harm. You've neglected them. What connection is there between you and them? 
if they turn out to be individuals that are sinful, getting into trouble all the time, etc., etc., are they going to look back at you and want to look after you and take care of you? No. You've neglected them, so they neglect you now when you are old, when you are in need of them. Now it's their turn to neglect you. This is the reality, what occurs. Ibn Al-Qayyim mentions, he says, how many, how many of the children have been deprived, or how many parents have deprived their child from any the khayr of this dunya and the khayr of the, the hereafter? Their parents have exposed them to the destructions of the dunya and the akhirah. Exposed them to things that destroys them in the dunya and destroys them in the akhirah. And all of this yeah, are the consequences of the negligence of the parents regarding the rights of Allah Azza wa Jal and the heedlessness of them and the heedlessness of it regarding the rights of Allah Azza wa Jal. So the parents themselves are not implementing the religion. They are as well not implementing good manners, etc., etc. So therefore, consequences occur. And they turn away, the parents turn away from that which Allah has made an obligation upon them. From beneficial knowledge and righteous actions. So they deprive themselves of truly benefiting from their children. So they deprive their children of their best and likewise of benefiting them, their parents. And these are the consequences and the punishment of the parents. As a result of neglecting their child, ignoring their child, exposing their child to evil. So therefore, it goes back to the parents. Consequences and punishment. Their child neglects them disobedient to them, did not benefit from their child at all. So some of the parents, I mean, they forget their own discipline. They forget themselves. They're telling their child, do this, don't do that, do this and don't do that. And they are not doing it their own selves. You need to pray, you need to learn the Quran, you need to go to the masjid and learn your religion, implement it. You need to cover, etc., etc. But then the parents themselves are not really implementing these things. So the parents forget disciplining their own selves. They're telling their child what to do and what not to do. But they themselves, they don't do it. How are the objectives of teaching and discipline going to be fulfilled? How are the objectives of teaching and Disciplining your child is going to be fulfilled. If you are not implementing those things, what will happen is your child will not take you seriously. They might do it in fear. Behind your backs, doesn't really mean anything. Because if it was correct to do this, it was so important to do this, then my parent, my mother and my father would be doing it as well. Be showing me that example. 
So the parents have a great responsibility in their own implementation of the religion if they want their child to implement the religion likewise, because they are the examples in the homes. Now from the greatest of means by which a person can attain any the good discipline, good discipline of their child, first and foremost is by making dua. We cannot achieve anything without aid and help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing at all. So therefore, by making dua to Allah Azza wa Jal to make you firm in your implementation of the religion or parents and to make it easy for you and the discipline of your child and their teaching and to guide your children. You need to be making dua and for your children all of the time. But action comes alongside dua. To just make dua and ignore putting it into action. Ignore implementing and advising your child. Just want to make dua and you want to get up in your own lives and you're hoping for the best. Okay? This is not true tawakkul. So you make dua to Allah Azza wa Jal and you implement the means that would lead to the rectification and the discipline of your child. Likewise, to be just between your child, your children, be just and between them. That is from the means to teaching them and to be just and fair. As the Prophet said, اِعْدِلُوا بَيْنَ أَبْنَائِكُمْ اِعْدِلُوا بَيْنَ أَبْنَائِكُمْ اِعْدِلُوا بَيْنَ أَبْنَائِكُمْ And be just and fair between your children. Be just and fair and with your children. Be just and fair with your children. He said it three times. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Ibn Qayyim says that to be just and fair and with your children, that is an affair which is compulsory in every situation. In every situation, you need to be fair with them. And regarding that which you give them, okay, even kissing them, you have to be fair. As in the narration, it mentions that a man, he sat with the Prophet ﷺ, and one of his sons came to him. So he kissed his son, and he placed him in his hijab, and in his, and in his house, in his room, etc. So he placed his son there. Then, his daughter came. So he just took her and uh, placed her next to him, to sit next to him. فَقَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then the Prophet said, مَا عَدَّلْتَ بَيْنَهُمَا You've not been just between them. You have not been just between them. So what's not just here? He kissed the boy. He did not kiss his daughter. Unfairness between the parents. Even the smallest of affairs. Abdul Qayyim mentions you need to be just in all of the affairs regarding your children. If you have more than one, be just between them. Be just. And you see this, and likewise now, preference for boys. Preference for boys, where you see some of the parents or some of the people according to their culture, they want boys, 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 they don't want girls. As one brother told me, and he once, uh, his first child was a uh, daughter, when he told some of the family members, 
They say, like in the words, basically, don't be sad. Next time you'll have a boy. As if it's something yani, to be shameful of. Okay, don't worry. The next one, inshallah, will be a boy. Not congratulations. MashaAllah, may Allah bless her, etc., etc. Like, next time, inshallah, you know, we're sad. SubhanAllah. And this is dhulm. Whoever has a daughter will see, mashallah, the beauty of having daughters. They're so different from boys. Boys want to grab the first thing they want to and just break everything, isn't it? And they just want to, you know, get that manhood out of them straight away. While the girls are more thoughtful, okay, they do things off in a more nicer way. Whoever has daughters will see the beauty of having daughters, mashallah, and will want more daughters. But some of the people, due to their culture and their influence, for them, the boy or boy is the main thing. Okay, the main, main thing. And daughters are looked out upon. This is unjust. Ibn Qayyim mentions from the things that are from the necessities, that's what the children need the most, is giving care to the affair of their character. He says, because a child grows up upon that which he becomes accustomed to, that which is the person who has nurtured him upon in his childhood. For example, if a child is nurtured upon nudeness, you know, having rage, temper, being void of anything, hastiness, recklessness, following his desires, Okay, have that basically in consideration about anything, don't care about anything, hostility, greed, etc. If that is what they nurtured upon, so therefore Ibn Qayyim mentions it will be very difficult when that person reaches adulthood, a mature, mature age, for him to try to avert from that, to prevent himself from these any attributes. So these and the akhlaq, these mannerisms that he picks up, or he's allowed to do once he is a child, becomes deeply embedded in him. And if he tries to suppress it, if he tries to avoid it while he's old, to the best of his ability, you'll find that it comes back, it shows up, and it happens again. One day it will happen again. And it will shame him. It will put him to shame. So he says that this is the reason why we find a lot of the people, they are corrupted and astray and in devious regarding and in their character. And that is due to the consequence, or that is the consequence of their nurturing that they grew up upon. The nurturing that they grew up upon. So therefore it is very, very difficult very difficult if you allow a child to grow up on with these attributes it becomes very difficult for them to take it out of them because Allahu it becomes Akbar, deeply embedded Allahu in them. Akbar. Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah 
أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله So therefore Ibn Qayyim and he mentions this uh, if you allow and let your child and ignore your child and allow them to grow up or on, on crazy attributes, hastiness, hate and all these things therefore it's very difficult for them to detach themselves from that because it becomes embedded in them. How does it become embedded in them? Because they become accustomed to it become accustomed to it, it becomes their, their character, it becomes the way that they deal with things and respond to things and events and to people around them. If they grow up and they're lying, swearing, this is how they're going to respond and to those around them whilst they are, whilst they are old because they become, they become accustomed and to that. So Ibn Qayyim, he says, so therefore it is compulsory that a child is kept away and if from idle talk, backbiting, you know, sittings in which there's idle talk, backbiting, falsehood music, uh, obscene language, etc., immorality, innovations, and evil speech, and they are kept away from these things when you see that they start to be aware of things. They start to understand things. They start to copy things. So therefore, you need to keep them far away from these types of and his sittings and gatherings. He says, because when his hearing becomes fixed regarding those things, he gets interested in them, it will be very difficult. It will be very difficult for him to cut himself off and he from it, when he is, when he has reached the mature age. And his guardian likewise will find it very difficult to relieve that child, and he from these things. And he says, because changing something which has been embedded in somebody, has become accustomed to this, is from as'ab al-umur, it's from the most difficult of things. Changing what a child has grown up upon and become accustomed to is from the most difficult of the affairs. It says because I mean, the person needs, I need to sort of bring out a new character, new habits, a new disposition, a new nature. And that is very difficult so for him to get out of how his current nature influences him is extremely, extremely and difficult, extremely difficult. So it is important that they are disciplined from young and they are not left to their own selves and a person thinks that they'll grow out of it.
Okay, they'll grow out of it. There's no need for us to do anything. But instead, the parents must be there all the time, directing their children, advising them, and guiding them. Likewise, Ibn Qayyim, he mentions, the child must be kept away from just taking things, you know, from, from others. Taking things. Uh, because when he becomes accustomed to just taking, it becomes his nature. And he grows up that he only wants to receive and take things uh, rather than give. So therefore, the guardian of the parents, they need to train him on how to give, to sacrifice, and to give to others. So if their parent and he wants to give them something, wants to give that child something, then they should give it and place it in his hand or her hand, directly in their hands, so that they can taste the goodness and the satisfaction of giving. They can taste that and the goodness and satisfaction. Likewise, the child must be kept away from lying and deceiving others. And he more than a person protects themselves from poison. A person, only the, the, the parents must keep their children away from lying and deceiving others. More than they protect their children from, from poison. They think that are poisonous. Because indeed, whenever it becomes easy for the child to lie and to cheat and to deceive others, that will corrupt the happiness that he gets and from the dunya and the happiness that he may receive in the akhirah. And he is deprived from all good. Lying and deceiving others, cheating others, will deprive him of all of those good. And likewise, the parents need to Keep their children away from laziness, from inactivity, just being about, doing nothing, just want to relax all the time. But instead, the, person, the, the parents must train them with the opposite of these things. That a child should be given a rest time, to, uh, time to rest after they've actually done and he thinks that they have put effort in and has brought about tiredness to their bodies. Because he says, if indeed laziness and inactivity, they have evil consequences. Okay, they have evil consequences upon the child. And the child would end up in, in regret. So therefore, and a child must be trained to put effort, to put effort, and that being tired. And it is okay. When you put effort, you have to put effort in something, you get tired, it's difficult, then that is fine, and that is something which is praiseworthy. So therefore, and they will receive good in this dunya and the hereafter. Because they are trained to and put effort into things. Put effort into into and affairs that are beneficial for them. If they become accustomed to laziness, you will find that corrupts them. That corrupts them and have evil consequences upon them. As we know, the scholars mention, لا ينالوا العلم الجسد. Knowledge is not acquired by relaxing. Okay, relaxing and laying back. 
the effort. If you want to learn, you need to attend, you need to learn, you need to revise, you need to listen, etc., etc. There's certain when it, amount of time that you need to be sat in a lesson, etc. So nothing is achieved through just being, just being lazy and just laying about. So the child must be taught that they need to put effort and they need to be given activities to do. Give them activities. Make them understand that in this world you need to put effort. Likewise, he says that a child must be or become accustomed, for example, to, from, uh, to get up in the last part of the night and if for salah, because it is the time where sustenance has been divided. So, therefore, during that time, you'll find there are those who earn little, those who earn a lot, and those who earn only nothing. So, here, very important here that the child is taught to go the extra mile and regarding any their effort. Do things that are not compulsory upon them, but things that they are, there's great good in it. So they need to be accustomed and be taught any these. They learn the obligatory affairs, they must do them, but likewise get them to do additional things that are, that have reward in it. And especially here the Sheikh mentions um, waking up in the last third of the night for praying because he says if that if the child is trained from a young age and he to wake up then that becomes easy upon him when he's an adult if not it becomes very difficult becomes very difficult likewise he says that the child must be kept away from excessive eating excessive speaking and sleeping and likewise sinning for indeed, and he, the loss, a person is placed in a state of loss and he, by indulging in these affairs, in excessiveness. And a person would miss the khair of this dunya and the akhirah, good that they could have achieved in this dunya and the hereafter. So they need to be kept away from the harm of fulfilling their desires and which is connected to their appetite and their private parts. If the child is enabled and allowed the means just for him to fill his stomach and for him to satisfy his desires in every single way, so therefore and his core will be shattered because that is neglect and of him. That is neglect and of him, and is the opposite of dis disciplining him. So therefore, you'll find a lot of the parents, they assist and aid their child in fulfilling their desires. And they claim that I'm just being kind to them, just being nice to them. But instead, they are degrading them. And they say, I'm just, uh, they say, I'm just showing mercy to them. But instead, they are oppressing them. They are depriving them. So it happens and it's sometimes either with the parents, but if the parents, they actually apply these things with their children, you'll find sometimes it comes from the in-laws. They want to give your child every single thing to eat. Everything that is bad. And for them, 
they are showing kindness to the child, being merciful to the child. What they all realize is actually you are corrupting the child. You are corrupting the child. So therefore Ibn Qayyim mentions that they need to be protected and from these things. They need to be protected from them because that will and he corrupt them. Likewise, they need to be protected from the affairs that will intoxicate them. And they need to be protected from this because that will corrupt them likewise. And they need to be protected from accompanying any those who you fee are corrupt. Friends and companions you fee are corrupt. You must protect them from speaking to them. And you must protect them from taking things from them. Because that will lead to their destruction. Because whenever that is made easy for the child, they will lose their shame. Okay, they will lose their shame. If they fall into any taking intoxicants, they befriend people who are corrupt. Therefore, you will see that they lose their shame. Likewise, Ibn Qayyim mentions for the boys they need to be protected from wearing al-harir. They need to be protected from wearing silk, which is the natural silk. Because that will corrupt the child as well. Because that is a feminine attribute. It will bring about and try to feminize his nature. As we know, the Prophet said that gold and silk has been prohibited for the, for the men and they are permissible for the women so he says even from a young age the boys should not be allowed to wear silk or even wear gold he says even though they've not reached the age of taklif the age where obligations start and it become incumbent upon them that they have to follow them but you find that they are ready, when they are young, they are ready to, to accept uh, things that are obligated upon them later on in life. So he says, and for those who have said that they are still young, therefore it is not compulsory upon them, let them do what they want, even the things that are haram, and upon them in their later lives. Now that is okay, but the... Uh, Ibn Qayyim mentions that that is a qiyas which is false. For indeed, even if the child is not mukallaf, if at the moment certain things are not compulsory upon him, but you find that he is prepared for taqlif. He's prepared to learn. Child is learning. He's prepared to learn. He's prepared for taking instructions. He's open to that. So therefore, you need to prevent him, as a child, from wearing silk and gold. And do not allow him to make salat, perform salat without wudu. And that he should not perform salat. And it was, he doesn't have the proper clothes on. Or impurities upon him. And etc. And because these things sort of will become the normal corrupt and the child. You find the child even though they're not commanded to do certain things while they're young. But they have that preparedness already to learn. Okay, to understand and to do things. And lastly, Shaykh al-Qayyim mentions 
and it regarding the knowledge, the pursuit for knowledge and the end profession. So you find that the child is prepared, you find them certain skills, certain signs that they are prepared for to do certain things and certain actions. He says, for example, if you find in your child as the signs that he likes to learn, he likes to learn, he understands very well, he memorizes very well, so therefore that shows that he is and he's got the skills for learning. So therefore, you need to be focusing upon him regarding the things which you're learning the religion, teach him. He said, but if you don't see those signs in him, he says, for example, if you see that he, he's interested in a different skill, and he gives the example of horsemanship. So therefore, make him focus on that skill that he's in interested in. He said, don't force him to do something which he is not prepared to do. He hasn't got that, those skills yet. His interest is not in this is in that and it is something which is halal which is permissible he says then encourage him in training upon that don't force him I need to do things which he has no interest in you'll find the children when they're growing up they find that there's certain interest they want to do this they're interested in that they're interested in this etc etc so whatever you find their interest is in and it's something which is permissible it's not harmful for them so therefore aid them I need to build those skills upon that. That might be his profession, I need tomorrow, something around that. If you find his interest in his knowledge and learning and he does very well, so therefore open the way to him, I need to learn. If you see other than that, I need to open the way for him to those other skills. Some parents you find that they won't accept anything from their parents unless they've been a doctor or a dentist, etc., etc. You have to do this. You have to become an accountant. You have to do this. And you find that the child will go to university, do the course, and then be miserable, leave that job, they have to go and train themselves again, something else, a lot of difficulty upon them. Say, so don't do that. Whatever you find their interest is in, that will be their life later on. Make it easy, encourage them to do that, and make it possible for them to gain experience in that, gain knowledge in that, in that field. Don't force them to do something which they cannot see themselves doing in terms of profession. Don't force them to do something which they do not even like. Instead, make it easy for them and regarding the things which they have an interest in and a skill, but of course, that are within the limits of the Sharia. Lastly, and he'll benefit from Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala. And he says, and regarding the parents, when you instruct your child and you to do an affair, now even if you instruct them to stay away from a certain uh, matter, there's two ways that you can do this. One way is you tell the child either to do this or to stay away from that. Just like that, the command. Okay, don't do this or do this. And he says that that, and it could have the effect of that child being disciplined upon that, being disciplined upon that action, and he, and he does what you say. And that may work. But he says there's a more effective method. <coughs> the more effective method, method is that you mention the evidence 
along with it. If you tell your child to do something or not to do something, then mention because the Prophet ﷺ said it. Or before, because Allah says in the verse, and this is the verse. It says in the second one, you've acquired two things. Or the child will have attained two things. Discipline by your command, telling them to do it or not to do it. And likewise, ittiba. The second one is ittiba. You're instilling in the child and you're following evidence, following the Prophet ﷺ, following and in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. So for example, if you tell your child, or oh my child, be truthful. Be truthful and always speak the truth and do not lie. That could work. But if you say because the Prophet said, certainly truthfulness leads to righteousness and righteousness leads to Jannah. And a person continues to speak the truth till he is written with Allah as a truthful person, certainly lying, and vices lead to the hellfire. And a person continues to tell lies until he is written with Allah as a liar. So if you mention that to him, because the Prophet said this, then he says that you are making a greater impact upon your child. He's being disciplined and He's been given and that discipline regarding ittiba, following the evidences, following and what the Prophet has said or done or what Allah says in the Quran. So this is very effective in your tarbiyah, in nurturing of your child regarding the religion. Do this because the Prophet said this and you quote the hadith. Don't do this because the Prophet said this or because Allah says in the Quran. But this is very effective. You've acquired only two things. You've fulfilled two things for your child only by doing this. So this is the benefit uh, uh, he mentions. And we see, brothers and sisters, and this topic is a topic which is very important. There's a lot of things that we need to consider, a lot of things as parents that we need to prepare ourselves and for. We cannot achieve it just by merely hoping. Just by merely hoping my child is going to be okay. First and foremost, you have to learn. You have to sit in lessons and you do rules, learn your religion, get your books at home, and you study, implement and the Islam in your lives. Be that example at home. And then teach your child. And your child will be taught by your own example. Don't contradict what you are saying to your child. Don't contradict it. You're telling your child not to backbite, and then you're on the phone backbiting about somebody. Tell your child do not swear. Somebody calls you something you're not really happy with, and you swear on the phone. What is the child going to do? When he goes up, it could be the same thing. Because that's what he's becoming accustomed to in his home. He's becoming accustomed to these things. So therefore, key for the parents to learn, to implement, secondly, and discipline your child, and then have that good nurturing of your child. And that should be throughout childhood. Do not neglect your responsibilities. Do not ignore your responsibilities. Know what your child is doing. Some parents are totally unaware what their child is doing. Where their child is, they do not know. Who is he with, they do not know. 
So it's very, very important. Why? Because that is your responsibility as parents and you will be questioned on the day of judgment. Abdul Umar mentions, what did you discipline him upon? Or what did you teach him? Because as they grow up, they become, uh, they become accustomed and they become set in their ways. So if you make it easy for them, good character, good manners and discipline whilst they are young, when they are old, that is always in their, that's in their nature now. That's their character now. It's easy for them. But if not, then you're making life difficult for them later on. So we end with this.